Now, Phil, I uh, don't know whether you've realised what you've done this morning, but you know you're messing with the system because traditionally churches like to you know, do their own thing and stay in their own spaces. But you're a little bit different because you move in the Holy Spirit. And even though in the last few months I've seen you and there's been a couple of words shared about you, you know, being on trains and talking to people and stuff, not, not inhibited by the, the world's boundaries, but being led where God takes you. And this morning, that obedience has brought about something really cool because not just your family's here this morning, not that that family, awesome having you here, <laughs> but um, there's people from other churches here too, yeah? Do you want to introduce who's here? Yeah, we'll give you a mic so people can hear. Because this is cool. This is kingdom. This is, this is what God's doing. Yeah? Well, there's just Edge Church people. There's just a few here and there. Um, and then friends from other churches. Um, but mainly Edge Church. Um, that's the, I'm involved with the young adults now. So, yep. yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> and friends I know from, they want to say hi. Friends from yeah. other churches? Do you um, know what churches they're from? Um, I can never remember JJ's church. <laughs> um, City Life. Anthony. Um, well, I'm really bad at this. That's all right. Just, I don't know. just ask them. What church are you from? What church are you from? St. Paul's. St. And, yeah, anyway, this could go on forever. This is really cool. This is really awesome. awesome. And you didn't realise you'd done this, did you? What's this? You're, you're bringing the church together. Awesome. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. St. Paul's. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's, it's really cool. I just want to encourage you in that because I believe God is modelling and showing you this morning what the future looks like. That there are no boundaries in his kingdom. There are no siloed, segmented little groups of people that meet that are exclusively the body of Christ. Um, That the body is diverse and you see that and and you, yeah, you're you're a pioneer. And I'm going to use you a little bit more in my message this morning. um, I'll be ready. Because uh, it's good. No, well, I'm telling stories about you, that's all. So it's good. It's awesome. It's really, really exciting. Can I grab the clicker, please? We've been doing a series on, uh, on discipleship. Two weeks ago, we talked about that disciples are Jesus followers and Jesus followers follow Jesus. It's kind of pretty obvious. Um, but what that means is it means obedience. And when you look at the way Jesus modeled discipling, it was very, very highly relational. Jesus was highly relational in his, in his mission in his model of discipling. And sometimes people tick us the wrong way, sometimes they irritate us, but Jesus even hung out with them. He even pushed through the issues and the barriers that people present to make disciples, to share God's love. Last week we looked at a model that Paul had to the Thessalonians. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2, where he shared with them his model for discipling. And it's a beautiful picture of what Paul and Timothy did in modeling to the Thessalonians, what discipleship looks like. And he was encouraging. Say, this is what I did with you. You guys are amazing. You are pioneers in this space and, and uh, really encourage you to keep doing that. But there's something that I've touched on both of those weeks that is fundamental and at the core of our capacity and ability to disciple. And I've touched on it, but I was really prompted at the start of this week that it needs to be talked about explicitly. We can't push it under the carpet. We can't just assume that people understand. And it's the area talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the issue we have is that we often typecast the Holy Spirit. We often have a narrow perspective of who the Holy Spirit is. 
and what the Holy Spirit represents. Does anyone know who this guy is? Clint Eastwood. Yep. If he's in a movie, what sort of role do you think he's going to play? A grumpy old dude? Yep. A tough guy. He's going to come and save the day somehow. He always does. It's quite funny because when I ask my wife Tanya about a movie, I'll say, oh, what's that movie about? And she'll immediately go, it's got this person, this person, and this. It's like, I don't care who's in it. I want to know about that. She goes, no, no, no. When you know who's in it, you know what it's going to be about. The second one's a good example of that. Jennifer Aniston, immediately, avoid the movie. Go away. Turn it off. It's rubbish. Personal opinion. (laughs) What sort of movie movie is it going to be? A rom-com, really shallow. No, sorry, I won't go any further. (laughs) Um, Tanya's not here, so, uh, so she'd probably lay into me now. Third one, Christopher Walken, the cowbells. Always a bad guy, isn't he? He's always that, like, you know, slightly psycho, really sharp, bad guy in the movie. And I believe a lot of our lives, we do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When you look at these three people, can you really say you know anything about them? Can you really say that their personality is reflective of their characters that they play. On the whole, it's probably just about, like, poor Christopher, I think it's just his face. He looks like a bad guy. (laughs) So he's typecast because of just how his face looks. He looks like he's got a frown and a little bit evil. But it's not his fault. He's been typecast even though we don't know him. And, And this is really significant when we come to understanding the Holy Spirit, because we so often typecast the Holy Spirit. If you want to jump to the next one. The first thing that we do, and a large slab of the evangelical church, have a brilliant understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit, because they understand that the Holy Spirit has the power over the gospel. Very, very significant. The power of the word. We read that we're meant to put on the sword of the Spirit. And what is the sword of the Spirit? It's the Word of God. There is power in the Word. It's very, very true. It's very relevant. But it's not the full picture. In fact, at Pentecost, we hear Peter sharing the Word. He shared the Word and 3,000 people from the Word were transformed. And it says of that time that they were cut to their heart. He spoke and the power of the Holy Spirit came through the gospel. Absolutely phenomenal. Another area that can be typecast, probably more in the Pentecostal sort of church environments, is the idea of the power of miracles, signs and wonders. Really, really significant. It says in Hebrews 2, starting at verse 3, this salvation, this is, this is Paul talking, this salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So there were witnesses. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So these signs, wonders and various miracles were testimony to what God was doing. In terms of our discipleship, signs and miracles and wonders are part of who the Holy Spirit is of the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading me, in leading the Gentiles to obey God 
by what I have said and done, the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. It's a really significant aspect to the power of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to be a bit careful because when we typecast the Holy Spirit as a Holy Spirit just of power and wonder, we forget the other side of the coin. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 11, starting at verse 20. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done. Why? Because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So these miracles and signs and wonders aren't the full picture. We go on to other aspects, teaching, reminding and correcting. Jesus described the Holy Spirit as a counsellor. And there is a really significant aspect that the Spirit teaches and reminds and corrects. We heard words like Simon shared this morning about needing to be intentional, needing to to step in with purpose, reinforcing what Loren said about uh, locks that we put on the gate. And our immediate response is, oh, me? You know, what about you? We get all our back up and we go, hang on. If the Holy Spirit is a spirit that teaches and corrects and reminds us, we want to be teachable and sensitive to what the Spirit's saying. The next one is the power of transforming hearts. The idea that, that the Spirit actually has the possibility to change someone's heart, to change their, their sense of compassion, their sense of, of value. In Matthew, we hear a story that Jesus tells of the sheep and the goats. We see in this parable a picture of, of some people who are pursuing God with a sense of spiritual elitism in some ways, a sense of ritual or duty in terms of prophecy. And yet Jesus said, you've missed the point. Where am I? I'm with the orphan and the widow. I'm with the downtrodden, the broken, the sick. That's my heart and agenda. And that is what my spirit is pioneering. Another one that's popular is gifts and calling. It's an area we often focus on. What gifts has the Holy Spirit given me to use? An amazingly powerful provision, power of being anointed by the Spirit. It's phenomenal and very, very significant. And the last one, I don't know how to call this one. This is one that's been really, really significant in my life in the last two or three years. And that is the sense of boldness, of faith, of peace, of joy, of hope, patience. I call it perspective attitude. Does anyone have a better name for it? I don't know what it is. The Holy Spirit, we read about it all the time. The Holy Spirit giving boldness. The Holy Spirit giving peace. The Holy Spirit giving hope or joy. I don't know how you categorize it or give it a name. But there is an amazing power of provision that the Holy Spirit gives that is beyond our own capacity, beyond our own understanding, beyond the circumstances we're in, which is phenomenal. Fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good name. Character. Call it what you want. It is the power of the Spirit of God at work. The thing that I want to really emphasize this morning is that when we reduce the Holy Spirit down to a little concept we can understand, a little concept that fits nicely into our lives, nicely into our culture, we miss out on the amazing power of the Spirit. Now, I had a funny journey at the start of this week because I was prompted to bring this to our attention this morning And I was like, I'm not the right person to be doing this. I was like, you know what? I'm going to call Pastor Elijah in Fiji. 
I'm going to Skype him and I'm going to say, can you tell the people of Catalyst Australia about the power of the Spirit at work in your life? Because I've seen it. I've witnessed the power at work. I've seen healings. I've seen the fruit of uh, Hindu families all coming to Christ through the miraculous that he's exercised as he's trust the Holy Spirit. And it got to Wednesday and it's like, God said, uh-uh, that's not the answer, Matt. I was like, oh, I know a couple of people that have been to Fiji and seen amazing things happen. Call them up and see if they're free this morning. And God said, uh-uh, that's not the answer, Matt. And this is the, the really challenging part to share because he said, Matt, you need to share this. And I said, but I don't have those things. I don't, sure, I've been to Fiji and prayed for people and seen healing, but my journey, my day-to-day walk doesn't ooze that stuff. He said, you're doing exactly the one thing that the message that I've given you says not to do. He says, am I alive at work in you? Absolutely, aren't we having this conversation? Like, absolutely, I have no doubt that you're alive at work in me. Then why are you typecasting me and saying that when one person has one experience of the Holy Spirit, therefore, you need to go and get them to share the experience of the Holy Spirit and what power of the Holy Spirit looks like. You're doing exactly the thing that I want you to talk about not doing. Okay, so what I'm here to say this morning is very simple. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. There is no confusion about that. If you have not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, you are missing out on the one ingredient that enables you to disciple the way Jesus discipled. Everything else flows out of the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have never spoken in tongues, that does not mean you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit. That is an aspect, a characteristic of the Holy Spirit, which is awesome and amazing. And God gives that to people to bless and encourage and lift them up and be able to speak to people from other languages as well. It's awesome, but it doesn't define the Holy Spirit. We've got to be really careful about how we treat the Holy Spirit because he is no lapdog. His power is where he wants it to be. And if you're looking for signs and miracles and wonder and the Holy Spirit is miraculously giving you peace and you reject it because it's not signs and wonders, you're rejecting what the Holy Spirit's doing in and through you. If you feel that you can't preach the word without some amazing sense of boldness, you are missing out when the Holy Spirit prompts you because the gospel is powerful. The Spirit works powerfully through the words of what is shared. You'll miss it. You'll miss an opportunity. If you're waiting for joy, for a sense of of, uh, excitement when there's an opportunity to pray for healing and you don't step in in obedience and pray for healing for someone, you're going to miss an amazing miracle that God wants to do because you're waiting for something and he's giving you something else. The Holy Spirit is not a puppet that we manipulate. The Holy Spirit is alive and active and passionate about restoring a broken world. We need to be sensitive to what the Spirit is saying and doing and respond in obedience, not inconvenience we will miss what the holy spirit is doing and the power of the holy spirit if we are not submitting humbly quite often you'll see someone pray and you see healing and you go oh i want to write the notes down of what the technique was you'll see someone that has joy that clearly is not the circumstances don't add up 
They've got peace and joy that you go, wow, I can see the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. What's your formula? How do you do your quiet times? What Bible verses are you reading this week? I want a piece of the method that you use. We miss the point. Each one of those people just believed. That's all they did. That's all we're called to do. So often when Jesus heals someone, he goes, your faith has made you well. What is that? No, the power of the Holy Spirit made you well. No, your belief. That's all you brought was a belief that God can do something. So when we look at each of these areas, aspects of the Holy Spirit, are they complete? Absolutely not. There's so much more to the person of the Holy Spirit than that little list. But I want us to be people that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not as an intellectual exercise, but believe that the Holy Spirit is capable of moving and working in power through me. If I do not believe that, I have nothing to offer in multiplying disciples. It's hot air and hard work. And it's a false gospel because it's a gospel that doesn't carry with it the power of God that is part of the testimony, God at work. There's a fantastic story that in Acts where James and John have been imprisoned and they've just been released for prison, from prison and they get back to the church, to the, to the community, the believers. And this is how the community of believers respond, right? You're starting to get oppression. You're starting to get a trouble in, in the life of the church. So this isn't bliss. This isn't after just a nice worship set where you know, we're all feeling good about ourselves. This is after reuniting with Peter and John and knowing that persecution is coming. This is their prayer. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And I repeat it. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We look at the second part and we go, yes, we want to be people that speak the word boldly. We want to see signs and miracles. We want to see things change. Their posture was a posture of belief. They said, bring it on God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you want to do. That is what I want my heart to be. That is what I want my response to be. I don't want to copy a pattern of behavior that someone else has done. I don't want to just chase after an aspect of the Holy Spirit and ignore everything else that he's teaching and learning and and encouraging and equipping and doing in people's lives. I want to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to move and to work and change lives and to use me as an instrument for that. It's interesting because Phil actually didn't give you the full story. Did you? Because he talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit at Awakening, the way the Holy Spirit came on him. But if you knew Phil before Awakening and the Phil after Awakening, they're actually two different people. He rang me up and said, Matt, I want to catch up. It's like, well, first of all, he's never done that before. Not that we don't get along, but he had no reason to. And we sat there and for two hours, we had this conversation that was just amazing. 
oozing of the Holy Spirit. And he's sitting there going, oh, that Bible verse is awesome. Oh, just wait, 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 wait. I've got to write it down. I want to remember this. I don't want to forget this. This is, this is amazing. Because, because since awakening, I've all of a sudden been able to talk to people. I've been inspired to talk to people. I've wanted to go up and, and pray for people and encourage them. And I believe I've got some words for my friends that, that God's given me. And, and this quiet guy who doesn't squeak or doesn't, doesn't want to say anything, doesn't want to get in the way, has been transformed and renewed. What was his role in the picture? He heard Matty Montgomery say, what was it? Take it seriously. Something like that. Yeah, take it seriously. And he went, I believe. And out of that, the Holy Spirit went, I've got so much for you. I've got so much for you. And he can tell you story after story of what the Holy Spirit's been doing in his life in the last four months. It's phenomenal. But it's phenomenal because he said, God, I believe. And because I believe, I'm happy for you to do what you want to do. Random people on trains, friends, quiet little guy that doesn't squeak, doesn't say anything. Matt, can I catch up again? I want to do more. Sam, can I catch up with you? I'm hungry. I'm eager. I've seen God move and work. I want to be everything God wants me to be. I want to believe. I want this to be our prayer as a church. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I want to ask you where you're at this morning. I don't need to know. I personally don't need to know. But I do want to ask the question, do you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that that power is able to work in and through you? Not by might, not by strength, but by the Spirit. Not by your ability, but by His ability. Do you believe? I believe there is more transformation for us to be had as we continue to understand what it means to believe, as we continue to surrender in our belief. The reason we have times of testimonies in church is to help encourage others of what God's doing. And yet the sad thing is, I know for myself my belief is in small little spurts of incidental things that happen through, through my week. But I'm convinced the Holy Spirit really wants each of us to surrender and believe in a new way, in an un aussie way. Because I've got to say, our culture's pretty lame when it comes to this stuff. And that's one thing that is an eye-opener when you go to Fiji. They don't have all the inhibitions that we have. What's your picture of the Holy Spirit look like? Now, you may have not experienced any of the power of the Holy Spirit. Any, you have no, nothing that I spoke of here in terms of not just our own capacity to speak or our own capacity, but the, the understanding that the Holy Spirit is alive and active and working. There's a bunch of people that would love to pray with you. If you're in that place of going, I have no idea of this power that you talk about, that's okay, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's people here, including myself, that would love to pray with you as you believe that the Holy Spirit is available to those that follow Jesus. For you to receive that and to walk like Phil does in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you know of this power I talk about, there's a different challenge. Because believing is not knowledge. It's not understanding. Believing is actually a step of faith. And I want this to be our prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we admit that we do not understand your spirit in its entirety. Lord, we're 
We're so sorry for typecasting you, for feeling like we can put you in a box and understand you, understand your ways and understand your capacities. And yet, Lord, so often in Scripture we read of your power at work and we know in our minds that that's you and your heart for salvation, for a kingdom that's coming. And yet, Father, we ask today that we would not be people of just intellect, Lord God, and understanding, but we would be people that respond with belief, that would respond in obedience to you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come right now and move in power in this room, to move in power that there would be boldness where people feel insecure, Lord God, feel unable, feel ill-equipped. Holy Spirit, pour out boldness into this room, Lord God, to represent you, to respond in obedience to you. Lord, we pray that you would continue to bring signs and wonders, miracles, Lord God, that would testify to your power and your work that's alive in the lives of people in this room, Lord God, and beyond. We're so sorry for selling you short, Lord God, but we ask you to come by your Spirit. Increase our faith, Lord God, where we lack faith. Increase the words of the gospel on our tongue, Lord God, when we're in conversation, Father. Not that we might woo people over with with clever language, Lord God, but your power might be able to operate through the gospel at work in their hearts, Father. Lord, we want to be disciples that make disciples, and we cannot do that without the power of your Spirit at work in and through us. And so, Lord, we surrender right now. We surrender to the fullness of your Spirit that we might be people that reflect you. We might be people that radiate you, that walk in the fullness of your spirit in everything that we do. In Jesus' name.